you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Now, why don't you lift your voice? Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph this morning. If you are... Glad to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wonder if you would lift your voice all across this building and just give God a mighty shout of praise. Come on, he's worthy of it. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. How many are glad you woke up this morning? How many, as the old song says, I woke up this morning with my mind, stayed on Jesus. Amen. Glad to see each one of you in the house of God. It's, I just want to say real quick, it is a unique position to be on drums during worship because you can watch people a little bit and not get caught, kind of. You know. Oh, they're staring at me. But I watch worship of different ones in this building. I commend each one of you on your worship this morning. Isn't it so good to, to be in the house of God and to see worship going on that is just genuine? You know, sometimes we know when to go through the motions and sometimes we know the right words to say. We know when to clap our hands. We know when to raise our hands. But isn't it great when it just begins to flow in the spirit and you don't really understand and don't, don't really realize what you're doing. But before long, you come into the house of God and when it used to be just the motions, now you've got your hands raised because it's what you desire to do and because you've got a revelation about how good God is. I commend each one of you on your worship. commend our young people on their worship this morning. It is just great be in the house of, the God, of God with each and every one of you. I do want to say along with Pastor Brandon, Pastor Dylan, how great it is to see all of our guests in the building this morning. Thank you one more time for joining us. I'm so honored that you chose to worship with us. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'll be drawing your attention to Mark chapter 6. As I in a transparent moment as I was here last night making final preparations for this service and I was laying on my face right about here where I was knew I was going to be standing this morning and I began to cry out to God. I began to ask God for his anointing to rest upon me. And I began to pray something that that maybe that 
not all of us preachers like to pray because I'll be honest with you, we want to come in this morning. We want to turn this place upside down on its head. and We want people running the aisles and that, that feels good. It's easy to preach with that. And, but I, I found myself last night as I laid on my face and I began to cry out to the Lord. I said, God, you know I, you know I want to hit a home run today. You know in my flesh that's exactly what I want to do. But then I could begin to pray like Jesus prayed when he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And my prayer changed from that to, God, just let me minister to somebody this morning. I, I, more, than, than more than I want accolades and more than I just want to do a, a great job, I want to touch somebody's heart this morning. I want somebody's life to be impacted and changed in this place this morning. So if you'll help me, I'll preach to you today. And we're going to see what God wants to do in this house. Mark chapter 6, verse number 1. And the word of the Lord says, And he went out from hence, from thence, rather, and came unto his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Everybody say astonished saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Understand that those in the synagogue that day were accustomed to a certain type of ministry and a certain type of focus in their studies. But in our text, Jesus has shown up, and the Bible says that those accustomed to a certain type of teaching were astonished at his wisdom. They were astonished at his words. They were taken back not just by his teachings and his words, but even the works that Jesus was performing. The mighty demonstration that was being displayed in his life was astonishing to all those that were around him. Understand that they were trying to re reason and they were trying to figure out. And they said, isn't this the carpenter's son? It, isn't this Mary's baby boy? Those that were listening to him. They, they said, isn't this just Jesus? They didn't understand that the brother of James was in the synagogue, had come back home and teaching in the synagogue and astounding those around with his words. And they, they were getting down to his humanity by asking and questioning these things in their mind. They are getting down to his cultural Upbringing. They were getting down and excluding him and his worthiness by his family dynamics. He was just, after all, a common man, and we know him, what gives him the right. There's nothing special about him. We know, Jesus, where you came from. We know your family. We know your upbringing. The Bible says that they were offended. Everybody say offended. I guess because, after all, he was too common to do 
such uncommon things. He was too normal. He was too much like the rest of us to have so much wisdom, let alone the demonstration to come from his hands that we can't even wrap our minds around that this baby of Mary could astound us. And as a result of all of this, the Bible tells us that they were offended at him. We'll pick up in verse number 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judea and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended by him. That word offended used in this scripture means to cause to fall, to cause to sin, to cause to trip up. Verse number four, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Listen, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. I want to tell you today that sometimes we can look at things that are so common. And because of their commonality, we lose an element of expectation. We lose that excitement of there really being potential there. That is exactly what happens to Jesus in our text. They don't believe that such a common man can do such uncommon things. And he went round about the villages teaching. I want to speak to you and minister to you for the next few moments on this subject, simply in between. In between. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you link up with that person next to you today? Would you grab them by the hand? Would you put your hand on their shoulder, whatever is appropriate? And would you ask that God would minister in this house this morning? God, we need you today. God, we feel your presence in this place. We felt you during worship. We felt you as the praise team sung. We felt you as the choir began to sing. We felt you as praise and worship begin to arise from this sanctuary. God, we know that you are in the house, but God, we don't want to take it for granted because we don't want just the common this morning, but God, we want you to step in on the scene and do what is uncommon. We don't want what is possible with us, God, but we want you to do the impossible in this place. I pray that you would speak to somebody in this house, God, that may find themselves just like Jesus in that in-between moment. I pray, God, that you would that you would lift the, the blinders from off their eyes, God, and that you would minister to them through your word, open our ears to hear and our minds to understand and our hearts to receive what you want to speak to us today. And we will give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. And everyone shout amen. Come on, everybody shout amen. Why don't you shake somebody's hand as you're being seated this morning. Let them know it's good to see them in the house of God. You ready for some revelation this morning? Here it is. Our lives 
for the most part, are made up in the in-between moments. It's in between one good day and the next. It is in between one victory and the next. It's in between one good report and the next. It's in between one high water mark and the next high water mark. Most of our lives are spent in that in-between time. These moments of celebrating, no matter how great they may be, and no matter how great the work that God does, those moments, I hate to tell you, are often temporary. You can't hold on to them forever as much as we would like. They are here today Just like the Word says, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And you find yourself once again in between. The next time the victory comes and the next time the benefit comes and the next time the breakthrough comes. And most of us, most of the time, we are caught in a place of in-between. If you know me, you know I love to hunt. It is a passion of mine. Now, some in this building, I will not name them, say that I'm a part-time hunter or I'm a, a fair-weather hunter. Say what you may. That's okay. But I love to hunt. It's, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I used to be too passionate about it. Perhaps uh, just as much as I like to hunt, I like all the gear that's associated. I'm a gear guy. I like the bows, and I like the guns. I like the, the, the newest technology in tree stands. And, yes, I like the newest technology in camouflage, although camouflage is camouflage. I don't know why they trick us with all of that, but there's only so much you can do. And when it comes to gear, when I'm going to buy, I look for the lightest gear to pack in and out of the woods with me because it just makes life easier. I'm 45, it makes life a whole lot easier. A half-mile walk doesn't seem like much until you start lugging heavy gear for a half a mile combined with tracking through the mud. Can I get an amen from some hunters in the house? Back in November, we had a great time. I I was drawn for a two-day bow hunt at Fort Harrison State Park along with Pastor and and Gentry, and we we went before time and we began to look out and look and scout out where we're going to hunt and we wanted to make sure that nobody was too close to us because don't you steer don't you steal my deer don't you kill my deer so we started spreading out and deciding where we were going to hunt now before anybody criticizes me I know it's a state park but listen it was fair game okay they don't come and eat out of your hand it's really not like that. But we, we spent some time in the woods, and we planned it all out. We were going to hunt all day long for two solid days. We would get in our tree stands well before daylight and not get out until dark. I decided that I needed some snacks. If I was going to try that, that this boy could not sit all day long without eating something. So I needed, I decided I need some I needed some snacks. I needed I needed water. I needed <laughs> I hate to admit it. 
I needed battery packs so this little lifesaver wouldn't go dead. Because I planned on playing a lot of Yahtzee on my phone as I sat there waiting for the deer to come. Wow, that sounded so much manlier in my head. When I got done filling my backpack with all the necessities, I got to admit to you that it was awfully heavy for the dire three-quarters of a mile trek through the woods that I would take to get to my tree stand that would take me up the side of three steep ridges and down the other side that I had to navigate in the dark. To top it all off, but just a few days before the hunt was to begin, I started feeling a little under the weather. I finally went to the doctor the day before my hunt, and the doctor informed me that I had pneumonia. But did that stop me? Absolutely not. Not on your life was that going to stop me. So the next morning, we loaded up and we drove the hour drive almost. I donned my gear as I was coughing into my jacket as to not alert every deer within a 50 miles radius that I was on the property. But I, I, I donned all of my gear that was now much heavier than it was before I had pneumonia. And I set off for my long, rough journey through the woods with bow in hand and tree stand on my back and my backpack on one shoulder with all my snacks. I set out to the place that I was going to spend the next two days seeing all kinds of deer. When I finally got to the first ridge that I had to navigate, though I knew that I was in trouble as I climbed the first steep hill and I started down the next side, I lost my footing and fell all the way down into the valley that was between the ridges. Because the weight that I was trying to carry was too great for the condition that I was in. I want to tell you right now, the point that is, is simply this, before I could get a quarter of, a, of the way to my destination, I was looking already at that point to unload some stuff that at the beginning of my journey, I thought I absolutely had to have. And can I tell somebody in this building this morning, that as you start climbing, you soon realize that the destination is more important than all of the stuff that you are trying to pack with you along the way. And at some point, you got to start looking to unload some things that you realize are just wants and they're not really necessities. And you start laying some things down along the way. But if you're not careful, you find yourself stopped on the journey because the weight gets too heavy due to trying to carry so much stuff with you. Can I tell you this morning that when you start out on this journey, you're going to have to finally let go of some things and say, I don't really need that where I'm going. I don't really need that for my new lifestyle. But I'm going to lay it down, and I'm not going to try to carry it with me. It's too heavy, and it might cause me 
to fall along the way. Hebrews 12 and 1 says it like this, Lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. That word beset means to cause you to be troubled. It threatens you on your journey. Something that you carry with you that constantly harasses you. The Apostle Paul says those things that would cause you to be threatened, that would cause you to want to lay down and give it, give up. He said those things, you need to lay it aside. You need to, you need to lay that problem. Our problem is, though, that we expect God to just automatically zap it from our lives. But the truth is, it's our responsibility to lay it down. It's not God's responsibility to take it from us, but it's our responsibility to lay it down. You got to lay it down and you got to decide, I'm done carrying that around with me everywhere I go. The weight is always slowing me down. It's always making me stumble. It's always knocking me down. I had to learn the hard way. I will admit to you that laying there at the bottom of that valley Something in me, although it was pitch black, although that everybody was a mile from me, I sprung up to my feet and I turned around to see who saw that. I looked up, I'm like, my God. I realized at that point, Brother Scott, when I was laying on that floor, on the floor of ground, I was laying on top of my bow. I was laying on top of my backpack. It was embarrassing. Nobody was there. But I'm telling you right now, just telling you is embarrassing. But I decided at that moment that there's some things that I don't really need. I, now, I didn't leave anything there in the woods. I trekked it on up the hill, the next hill and down, and then the third hill and down, all the way to my tree stand. And it was cold that morning, but by the time I got there, Scotty, I started stripping off all those heavy clothes that I thought I had to have because I was pouring sweat everywhere. I, my clothes were soaked. My gloves were soaked. My ego was bruised. laugh about it now, but as I climbed into that tree stand and I started lugging those things up with that rope, I was thinking to myself, do I really need this? Do I really need to carry this with me tomorrow? Do I really need to pack and make sure I have all of this when I come to this destination Tomorrow, listen to me right now. Some of you in this place need to start examining your life and start examining all those things that you're carrying around with you and say, do I really need this? Is this really, is this really necessary for the journey that God has called me to be on? And you need to decide today, at this moment, those things that you don't need, you need to walk out of this place and you need to lay them down and you don't ever 
never need to pick them up again because they will only be a stumbling block in your journey. We expect God. Now listen to me. I know people who have come to God with all sorts of addictions. And God, at one moment, with one snap of the finger, if he snaps his fingers, I don't know what he does. But at one moment, he took that desire away and they never had it again. But on the flip side, I know people who have come to God with all sorts of addictions. And through years of prayer and through years of fasting and through years of asking God to remove it, 50 years down the line, there is still a semblance of temptation for them. In the flesh, if they allow themselves to get weak, there's still that desire. I don't know why God does it for one but doesn't do it for the other. And I'm not here to debate that and I'm not here to question God with why He does it the way that He does it. But I tell you right now that we often put the responsibility on God and we want Him to do for us what we can do for ourselves. He specializes not in the possible, but God specializes in the impossible. It's His possible for me to lay it down. It's possible for me to not pick it up, but it is impossible for me to just remove it and say that I will never struggle with it again. He does the things that we could never do. But somehow we have relegated him to being our crutch. And we say, well, I'm just waiting on God to do it for me. I'm just waiting on God to remove it from me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it because I still have the temptation. I'm going to keep going there because it still tempts me. I'm going to keep clicking on that website because the temptation is too great for me. Listen to me right now. God has already given you the ability. You just need to find the self-control to say, I am standing today and I'm making a declaration. I'm going to get a hold of myself and I'm going to lay down. I'm not waiting for God, but God is waiting for me. Oh, come on, clap your hands if you believe it this morning. We say words that sound like I wouldn't be so dependent if God would take this from me. Can I tell you that you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Can I say that again? You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. You're not waiting on God just to come into your life and make everything perfect. You're not just waiting on God to come in and to completely rearrange some relationships that you need to break yourself. You're not waiting on God 
to come in and just rearrange your whole life and say, well, look, there, God did it. I'm going to be perfect from now on. That is simply not the case. But God is waiting on some man. God's waiting on some woman. And can I say God's waiting on a young person that will get enough gumption and get enough boldness in your heart that says, I am not going to carry that around any longer. I know the temptation may still be there. I know that that the, that the desire may still be there, but I'm going to seek the face of God in those moments of temptation so I don't go back and pick up what I've already laid down. You've got to decide for yourself. got to decide and say that thing that I've been lugging around for all these years. I'm going to lay it down once and for all. Maybe it's a, an alcohol bottle. Maybe it's a drug addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to websites, and I don't think I need to say it this morning because I believe that you know what I'm talking about. I, I know people that are in the church that have been serving God for such a long time that are wrapped up with all sorts of addiction. No, it may not be a website. No, it may not be a, a, a drug, a pill bottle, but it just may be that you're wrapped up with pride. Maybe it's that you're, you're my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're wrapped up with all sorts of addictions. You come into this place and you put on a suit, you put on a dress and you fix your hair just right. You tie your tie just right and you think that nobody knows. No, we may not know, but God knows. And today, you need to finally get the boldness. You got to just get the boldness to say, I'm laying it down today. I'm not picking it up, but I'm laying it at the foot of the cross today. Quit entertaining it. Quit using it as a crutch. Don't use it as a crutch to help you deal with your depression. Don't use it as a crutch and say, well, it helps me with my anxiety. Deal with your brokenness by yourself. Make it up in your mind today. I'm going to lay it on the altar. Come on, would you clap your hands and lift your voice? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody go ahead and just worship the Lord in this house. I feel God ministering to somebody in this place right now. He got a boshon da reba hashata. We get mad when the preacher preaches it so strong to us. That we go and find somewhere else to go and somebody else to find, to tell us something different. Let me tell you that God is just trying to get a hold of you and tell you that there are some things in your life that you just have to lay down. There are some things in your life that you can no longer carry with you. Be seated.
So I ultimately gave up after the first day and went home. Licked my wounds. I did enjoy some good chicken noodle soup in the deer stand, though, for all those who are wondering. I'm glad I kept that. When I got home, I knew that pneumonia wouldn't keep me down for long. Why? Because I'm not real bright. My wife was, I can't believe you're going. I'm like, neither can I. <laughs> oh, and by the way, to boot, I saw two deer at like a quarter mile away because I couldn't stop coughing. There you go. Apparently, deer don't like the smell of cough drops either. But I went home, and I knew I had more deer season left, and I knew I was going to get better at some point. I don't know. I think it affected this, and I, I don't know. But I went through my stuff, and I reevaluated what was necessary. I knew I was going to get to do some hunting with my boys, Aiden and Brantley, and I love it. I love it. I love it. And I wanted to make sure that when I got to take them out again, that I had everything. I just was taking what was necessary, just what I needed, something I could just have to lighten the load. And can I get down to where we live and give you some advice for your spiritual journey? Here it is. The more that you can lighten your load, the better off that you will be. You cannot carry the problems of the world on your shoulder. You can't carry the problems of every family member on your shoulder. You can't carry the problems of every stranger that you meet on your shoulder. And you can't carry the situations of the entire world on your shoulder and expect to make any process in this journey that you are on. But it's in the in-between time when you start living for God and when you finally and ultimately hear Him say, well, done that you're going to spend a lot of time in our natural lives saying, I just want to make it home. If I could just make it home, if I could just keep walking, and if you're going to make it home somewhere along the way, you must decide what is important and what is not important. You have to decide what is necessary for your journey and what is not necessary. And if it's not necessary, the quicker that you can get rid of it, the quicker that you can lay it down, the better off that you're going to be. Can I get a witness from some seasoned Christians in this place that you know that the quicker that you can lay it down, the quicker that you can get rid of it, the less tired you'll be on your journey. The quicker that you can alleviate some weight, the less that you're going to stumble along the way. Somebody needs to decide today, I'm going to lay it down. God, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place right now. Would you just lift your hands all over this building right now? Come on, if you have the Holy Ghost, just to begin to intercede in the Spirit right now.
Come on, somebody intercede in the spirit right now. The fact remains that there are some new converts in this place, and I love every one of you, and I'm so glad that you're a part. You add value to us. You add value. You think that we're adding value to you, but you add value to us. But the truth of the matter, there's some new converts in this, in this place that need to hear what I'm preaching. But on the flip side, there's some seasoned people in this place that need to hear what this preacher is preaching this morning. You've been carrying around way too long. I know it's, it may seem repetitive, but I'm going to say it until somebody grabs a hold of it. You've been carrying around for way too long. And God is saying that today is the day. It's enough. It's time. It's time to let it go. It's time to put it aside. It's time to start doing some things for yourself and lay it down. Quit waiting for God to remove it. You got to lay it down. The fact remains that to arrive anywhere new, you must first let go of your past destination. If you're going to get to the new destination, then you have to let go of the old destination. There's some people who enjoy their spiritual experiences so much that they are content with staying in one place. They think that it's not going to get any better than it is right now. They think that well, if I leave this place, then I'm going to leave this mountaintop right now. Everything's so good. But if I leave here, I'm starting downhill from here. And before long, I'm going to find myself in a valley. You know what? That's fine and dandy. Because every, every once in a while, we all find ourselves in a valley. I wish that, that living for God was one mountaintop experience to the next mountaintop experience. And it is sort of, but in between those experiences is a valley. terrified of the valley because we don't know what lies in the valley. We know that the fog settles there. We know that the cold dampness settles in the valley. But we're terrified of it. You, under, you understand what a valley is? You want to know, let me give you some real good revelation here. You know what a valley is? You know what Webster defines a valley as? A low spot between two mountains. Pretty scary, huh? It's simply a low depression between two upland hills. It connects one mountain to the next mountain. You can't have, you cannot go from this mountain to that mountain without having to go through the valley. Listen to me. Yes, it's dark, and yes, sometimes it's lonely. But can I tell you that God is with you in the valley just as much as he's with you on the mountaintop? God will meet you in the valley just like he'll meet you on the mountaintop. Some of my most intimate times with God in my short time living for him have been not on a mountaintop, but when I hit my face in a valley and said, God, 
I can't do this on my own. God met me in the valley. For some people, though, they get so comfortable and just want to stay where they're at right now because things are good. And I promise you that when you first come to God, that it's not any better than that right then until you start submitting yourself to His ways. Until you start submitting your life to Him. Until you start submitting your lifestyle to Him. Until you start submitting your thoughts to Him. And can I tell you, until you start submitting those addictions to Him, those things that you've been carrying around with you, it doesn't get any better than that. And when you do, it does not get any better than that. It should get better as the old song. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. The long that we live for God and the more that we invest in the kingdom of God the better it should be for all of us we can't stay in one place and expect to make it make it to the next place in the sixth chapter of Mark one verse verse number one in our text it says he simply went out from thence. He left one place and he came into his own country. He came into a different place and the Bible says that his disciples followed him. I want to talk to you a little bit about leaving one place and arriving at another, that in-between moment. But let me tell you, don't ever forget that on your journey, from one experience to another, somebody is following you. You may think that this is just a journey that you are on, that you're walking alone, that you don't have to pay attention to anybody else, but let me tell you, somebody is following you on your journey. Just like the disciples followed Jesus, somebody is following you. Somebody is watching you. Somebody is taking account of how you handle this, either with grace or disgust, either with a positive outlook or with a negative spirit. But be assured that somebody is observing the entire journey, and it may be those that are closest to you. The Bible said that his disciples followed him. Maybe those in your household are watching to see how you handle one victory to the next. That one situation to the next. Those in-between moments of life. It's easy to live for God when everything is wonderful. It's easy when miracles are happening. It's easy when everything is going your way. It's easy when there's abundance, but it's a different story entirely. When everything has been stripped from you. When it seems like you're never going to see the light of day. I'm talking to some. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm talking to somebody right now in this place that you've thought for so long that you were never, ever, ever going to see the light of day again. You thought that this was the end for you. You thought that it would never get any better 
again. You thought that you would always be this way. You thought that you will always struggle this way. But I, I'm pausing just a moment to speak to that individual and say that is a lie from the pit of hell. I curse that thought. I curse that voice in your head. And I send it back to the pit of hell where it came from. It won't always be this way. This too shall pass. God has got things in store. God's got healing in store for you. God's got restoration in store for you. I believe that it won't always be this way. Between times when people need to see your faith is settled in Him, that God is able to take me where He is intended for me to be, and that no devil in hell can stop what God has already set in motion. There is no stumbling block that the enemy can put in front of you. Yes, it may knock you down, but it isn't strong enough to keep you down. It's only strong enough to keep you down if you stay down. But when you decide that I have had enough of this, there'll be a gumption that rises up on the inside of you that say, I may be down right now, but I'm not staying down. You may have caused me to trip up right now, but I'm not staying down. But I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. I understand that I'm in an in-between place. But I'm going to walk forward to what God has for my destiny. I refuse that even in this between time to lose my faith in God. visited at Walt Disney World back in the fall. And we talked, Brother and Sister Jordan, she's smiling because I think we're just kids at heart. The kids loved it, but I think we loved it. Went to Disney World with my family. We had a couple days until we thought, man, we're just going to pack everything in that we can pack in. Yes, we did four parks in one day. Stupid. Oh, my Lord. I thought I was going to die. It was the last day at the parks, and we were trying to ride everything that we wanted to ride and see everything that we wanted to see. We went to all four parks in one day, and actually, we went to Magic Kingdom twice in one day. We were... In the animal kingdom, riding the roller coaster, and we needed to get back to Magic Kingdom to ride one more Star Wars ride. We'd already walked, according to my Apple Watch, 10 or 12 miles that day. The problem was that the line for the Star Wars ride was over an hour long. And it was going to take us 20 to 30 minutes to get back to the parking lot at Magic Kingdom. And the ride that we wanted to ride was on the opposite side of the park. And the park closed in less than an hour. All we really had to do was be in line for the ride before the park closed. So we ran through the parking lot 
the whole time Brantley wanted me to carry him along with every souvenir that we had bought that day. We finally made it to the gate and we ran through the park like a couple of wild Comanches to get in that line. My feet were killing me. My back was killing me. I was making a mental note, and that simply was, don't ever do this again. Maybe a humorous story, but let me, allow me to draw a parallel if you would. The journey will affect you sometimes. seen so many along my life. Journey has got the best of them. Somewhere along the way, how it happened, when it happened, I, I don't know. Somewhere along the way. He said, I can't. laid it aside. The problem was what they laid aside wasn't an unnecessary thing. It was necessary for their journey. I, I've got I've got so much so many good things to say and I'm not I'm not gonna get there. I'm not gonna do it tonight. But I feel Right now, that God is wanting to minister in this place. I've seen so many try to carry all. They, they, let, they lay down the necessary things. They kept a hold of those things that they really didn't need. Not only did they not really need it, they didn't realize it at the time, but they kept the detrimental things. They laid down the holiness. They, somewhere along the way, you know, I, I can do without that. laid, what they really did is they laid God down somewhere. Because to them, carrying the cares of the world was more familiar, more comfortable, lighter to them than carrying all the rules, the regulations, the do's and the don'ts. Lay down the most important things. Because can I tell you? This 
isn't going to get you anywhere. Young people laying down the standards, laying down the holiness. Mom and dad laying down the things that we are built on in this apostolic doctrine are the only, that is the most detrimental thing that we could ever do. I don't care how tough it gets. I don't care how popular you want Joey or Judy to be. It's not worth laying down everything. Don't you dare for one moment lay down anything that is essential for your walk with God because in the end, it will bring about death to you. Don't you ever lay down, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Don't you ever lay down, for Peter said unto them, repent and be. Those are the, the things that you need for your journey and the only thing that's going to get you and carry you in between. some years today you flirted with it you're in that in between time now and you flirted with it I ask God Sometimes you step to this pulpit. You know you've got a word for somebody. But oftentimes you don't know who. And that's fine. But I cried out to God. I said, God, I know, I know, I know, I know you're faithful. And I asked God to reveal to me. He's rarely ever done that. I've rarely ever done that. But 
this life. God showed me six faces. And you're here this morning. I want to come back and I want to come back and wrap my arms around your neck right now. And I want to tell you how much it's not worth it. I want to tell you I know it's hard. Can I tell you, can I be transparent with you? I've recently walked through one of the most difficult moments of my life. And I would be lying if I, did, if I told you that in my flesh that I didn't want to just give up. I'd be lying to you in this place if I said that there weren't a moment, there weren't moments of doubt. If I told you that there weren't moments of questioning. There weren't moments that I, I thought, man, it would be so much easier get rid of that and keep. but you know what God has allowed me to know now listen God speaks to you in an audible voice God bless you I'm so happy for you he has never done that to me maybe one day I hope he does Brother Dylan, Pastor Dylan talked about last night about how God speaks to him the way God speaks to him is different than the way God speaks to me God will give me a strong impression, something I just can't get away from. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to call you by name. I ain't going to embarrass anybody in this place, but I want to come to you. I want to hug your neck, and I want to tell you it's not worth it. That anything that is contrary to this is not worth it. I don't care how easy it is. I don't care how much it makes sense in your human reasoning. I don't really care about any of that. All I care is that you make it to heaven with me. All I care is that one day we get to hear him say, well done. One day, we get to worship around the throne of God together. That is what I'm concerned. Six of you are in here. Right now. Just lay it down. Just let it go. That thing that you're dependent on, let it go. That thing that's comfortable to you that you just like carrying around, just let it go. That hurt, that disappointment, 
the enemy in your ear telling you you don't have to live that way. Let it go. Let it go. There isn't anything worth missing heaven for. There isn't anything worth your family being lost for. There is no amount of money. There's no amount of popularity that is worth missing out on the will of God for your life. I open these altars right now. I hope you come. I hope you come. I hope you come. Come on. We'll meet you in the middle. We'll pray with you. We'll help you. We'll counsel you. We'll do our part. Now it's time to do your part. this morning. Lay it down this morning. It's just an in-between. It's just a space of time. The struggle won't last always. The night won't last always. It's just an in-between. You're not the only one. You haven't done anything wrong. It's just the in-between. 